Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Hey, welcome back. We've got a fun topic. Well, (laughs) it's not a fun topic, if I'm being totally honest, but it's a topic all of you guys need to embrace. The topic of today's podcast can't believe I called this fun. The topic, a topic of today's podcast is called Prospecting Sucks. Do it anyway. So there it is. We're going to be going through some specific, I think, um, hmm, how would you say it? Ways to basic it, basically make it a little less sucky and make it so that you'll do it and do it consistently. And when you start, and look, let's we'll start out, and then I know Julie's got some folks she wants to acknowledge. Let's just start out by... Let's let's look at the word prospecting. Prospecting in itself has got a bad connotation for most of the real estate industry. And if we're being honest, most of the sales industry, nobody wants to have to prospect. Everybody has this vision of being caught in some boiler room in some cubicle having to sell. I don't even know what. Right. And a lot of you guys have done those crappy jobs when you were kids. I did. That's I, I mean, I used to work in a call floor back when I was in high school. I had to sell women's magazines for a while. We sold a trash. Sir. I mean, everything you can, everything you think of could be sold over the phone. Uh, we used to sell it at this, uh, you know, this big prospecting place I used to work at. It's where I really got, you know, cut my teeth on prospecting, picking up the phone, not being, you know, so concerned about what people think and all the rest of it and the power of using a script, all that good stuff. But here's the thing. Ultimately, prospecting isn't just picking up the phone. Prospecting is also doing everything that is basic stuff that you do now. You just include, hopefully, a conversation about real estate. You're standing in line at Starbucks. Hey, guess what? You could strike up a conversation about real estate. Having uh, Being at Orange Theory or at your gym, conversations about real estate are omnipresent everywhere at all times. If you're in markets like LA or you're on the East Coast, and Miami, and these markets where the real estate has gone up a lot, it is one of the top three things that everyone's going to talk about. Even if they don't know you're in real estate, have you guys ever noticed how conversations always seem to lead back to real estate? You know, you can lead the conversation to real estate by saying things like, well, how long have you lived here? Well, you know, you've lived here all your lives. Great. So you're, you know, just start talking about locality and then the conversation will meander naturally and organically to real estate. So we're going to be talking about all those things today. So when we say prospecting sucks, do it anyway. Prospecting meaning that you are uh, having intentional conversations with folks with the idea that you're going to generate a lead, that is going to cause a lot of you guys anxiety because now you're going to be thinking that you're going to be forced to have fake conversations and you're going to feel fake and you're going to feel swarmy and you're going to feel like people are going to sniff out the fact that you're just in it for you know yourself. And I get it. And I understand that's the reason why most of you guys avoid this thought and avoid this topic. And Julie and I are going to help work through all your head junk about this so you can realize the prospecting is everything that you're already doing. You're just going to basically start doing it with the intent of hopefully generating a real estate transaction or a real estate lead. If not, that's okay as well, as long as you had an intentional conversation, which was designed to basically deliver some level of value, not necessarily real estate value to the other person. In other words, not talking about yourself. In other words, asking questions and showing interest in folks. 
So we're going to talk about all those things on this uh, show with this uh, outline that we've prepared for all of you guys. So get ready to take great notes. This is one of the, the probably the most, I'll call it fundamentally important uh, topics that if you're going to be uh, successful in anything in life, not just sales, you better be good at this. Because if you can't let folks know that you're here to serve them, whether you're selling vacuum cleaners or you know women's magazines or real estate, if you can't and won't because you're too hung up in your own head, you will, you know, if, I'm sorry, if you can't and won't have intentional conversations with folks with the idea that maybe they're interested in what you have to sell, if you won't do that, you will fail. You cannot passively be successful. Anyone who tells you that's lying, um, you know, or they're trying to sell you uh, on the idea that you can be passively successful, but the way they're, if it's kind of ironic, they're trying to sell you on the idea that you can generate leads passively uh, from just basically having non-direct conversations. And yet they're having a direct conversation with you trying to sell you on their gimmick uh, directly. You notice that? They're not having an indirect conversation with you about buying their product. They're having a direct conversation with you about buying their product and how it works. And But their product is designed to teach or tell you that you don't have to have direct conversations. Some of you guys know what I'm talking about. There's a lot of people out there that are you know, trying to spin up the idea that having, I read an article on Inman that got me thinking about this just now. They talked about the fact that you don't want to have direct conversations with people about real estate, that somehow that's culturally now a no-no. And yet the people that are selling you the books and selling you the info products are having, you know, the exact opposite of what they're selling to you. You guys ever get the irony of that, all these things? Or how about, how about the guys that sell, these are my favorite ones. This is hilarious, actually. One of our listeners pointed this out. How about the fact that Zillow calls you guys up, prospects you, probably has one of the best, most organized sales floors in the history of sales floors. I mean, they are so, they're like Navy SEALs of sales floors and selling leads to agents, but they're selling them to you over the phone. So here it is, somebody is trying to sell you an internet lead over the phone. <laughs> you guys yeah, get the irony there? their impressions weren't doing the trick. <laughs> their clicks. <laughs> so Julie, anyone you'd like to acknowledge before we get to our first point? Yes, there is a fantastic post on our private Facebook page by one of my private coaching clients in our elite program, Beatrix Whipple. She, along with her partner, Jen, in Long Beach, sell a ton of real estate out there. And she has this really cool thing that she gives her sellers after they sign with her. It is a simple, long-form sticky note with a checklist. It is called the listing timeline, and it already has pre-checked signed listing agreement. Well, I like that because she's future pacing them that we will be signing. So sign listing agreement, and here's how it works. They post this on their fridge, and they follow along the checklist so they always know what's going on. And then once they go into escrow, they simply turn that over, and they've got an open escrow checklist that starts with offer accepted, then the date for the home inspection, the appraisal, final contingency release, buyer walkthrough, close of escrow. And at the bottom, it has these awesome little reminders and tips that all of you guys deal with with sellers doing strange things before closing. Things like, yes, you do actually need to keep paying your HOA until you close. Yes, keep paying your mortgage until you close. You know, it, it's time to be scheduling movers. Things like it's customary for a seller to pay a home warranty. We're pre-programming them that this is how it's going to go. It's a checklist that they follow. And she was kind enough to post that on Facebook and share that with all of the other Facebook folks. So I thought that was a brilliant idea, keeps them on track, and I'm sure that that cuts down on a lot of phone calls with her sellers wondering what in the world happens next. So I thought that was great. And let's see, I think that's it. Let's get to our prospecting. 
Go for it, woman. All right, perfect. So again, prospecting sucks. Do it anyway. Here's a fact. Prospecting and urgent lead follow-up is the fuel for your business engine. Starve the engine and you will fail. Feed the engine and you succeed. So keep the tank full. This is a fact, Tim, as you said at the top of the call, you don't get good at this. The rest of it doesn't matter. You might have the most beautiful listing presentation and pre-listing package ever created in the history of real estate. It doesn't matter if you're not going to use it. So get clear on this. Here's another fact. Mediocre agents track their current prospects. Superstars keep their pipelines full and track what's coming. That means 30, 60, 90 days out. What's your future hold? So those are our facts to get your mindset straight. Point number one. The quintessential top producer challenge is simply this, keeping the pipeline full while taking care of the current business. You must be great at both. Conquer this and the world is your oyster. I have a Brian Tracy quote here. Concentrate on the activities of prospecting, presenting, and following up. The sales will take care of themselves. That's really true. You take care of this part, the sales will follow. So here's your Harris rule. Use your mornings to generate new business and your afternoons to handle what you've created. That's how you deal with this top producer challenge, keeping the pipeline full while still taking care of your current business. And I, that's one of the reasons why I highlighted uh, Beatrix uh, Whipple's post-it notes for sellers. That's one way that she's managing all the stuff that she's already got pending, keeping her sellers on track, cutting down on pesty phone calls from them. So that frees her up to be creating more business without dropping the ball on the old business. So Jeffrey Gittimer uh, quoted, proper prospecting prevents poverty. That's one of the spins on the seven Ps, but that's okay. Proper prospecting prevents poverty. That is true. Anything you want to add to this first thought, Tim? What's the, you thought of two versions of that. Proper uh, proper prospecting. Uh, proper about, uh, what were prospecting you? and planning yeah. prevents pitifully poor performance. Yeah, and then there was another one uh, about skinny kids. What was the other one you thought of for the book? Um, secret agents have skinny kids, meaning yeah, their children exactly. don't eat very well. <laughs> so, right. Yes. Well, Lots because you're a secret agent. Yeah. We would be. Uh, we have to also mention Jeb's book, obviously. Jeb Blunt. Oh, I see you're getting to that. Yeah, definitely, guys. Yeah. Write this down. Your homework is going to be get Jeb books. Uh, Jeb Blunt's book, Fanatical Prospecting. Um, he and Julie and I are completely on the same page about prospecting. It's kind of ironic in this day and age where everyone's, you know, trying to tell you to chase the digital lead generation stuff that your the best agents are all migrating towards actual, you know, over the phone, face-to-face -face prospecting. It's fascinating how much more effective that's become. 15 years ago, when digital wasn't that dominant, um, then a lot of folks were, I'd say, ham-fistedly, if that's a word, pursuing the over the phone stuff. And now they're not. Now they're just basically obviously buying leads and doing other stuff that's really, you know, not working. So if you really want to get ahead of the curve, doesn't it make sense you guys are going to do what the top producing agents in your marketplace are doing, which is their money of them never stop. But what they're focusing their best efforts on is really old school prospecting because it does work because nobody else is calling. You know, it is interesting. Um, probably 10, 12 years ago, in most markets, I'm thinking like San Diego, you know, Scottsdale, Las Vegas, most of these, even Columbus, Ohio, you know, there was a lot of people that would hunt the new fresh expireds, you know, agents who are trying to get good at picking up the phone and calling expireds. That's for decades been a great way of great generating business. But what happened was post Zillow, people started essentially rationalize being lazy 
And now what they do is they do a lot of direct mail. I get emails, Julie gets these same emails and they'll ask, well, what direct mail campaign works best for expires? I don't know, it, there isn't one because everyone else is sending the same pieces, of, you know, same things in the mail. You know, what is the best, like what is the best and then the fill in the blank would be passive lead generation so I never have to learn any skill or face any rejection, way of generating business from for sale by owners or my centers of influence and past clients or, you know, notice defaults or, you know, so you guys are always constantly looking for the easy button. And so I get it. I know why you are. It makes sense that you are from a time management perspective, but from a competitive entrepreneurial perspective, you have to see it for what it is. It's just being lazy. Every, when everybody else is chasing the same easy buttons, that means that channel is essentially over polluted. It's oversaturated. There's too many people doing the same thing. You, you should have just experiment with this. Take your own, one of your own properties, put it in the MLS for a day, then let it expire and see how many pieces of direct mail you get automatically sent to you. There'll probably be 20 or 30 pieces from agents that you get automatically. We did that. Um, Julie and I don't have licenses, but we had one of our uh, properties in Vegas that we took off the market. And uh, then we got inundated with all these sort of automated follow-up, you know, trying to, whatever, guys, seriously, nobody called. That's the amazing thing. And our phone number was available. Nobody called. Not a single agent called. Isn't that incredible? So you have to do the exact opposite of what everyone else is doing, or you're going to get what they're getting, which is nothing for the most part. That's the reason the failure rate in real estate has always been so high. For the most part, no one's willing to tell you guys the truth that, you have to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. And prospecting is the best example of that. When you get good at it, it becomes easy. It becomes intuitive. You don't even have to think about it. You know, you don't even have to actually, you just, it's not it's like orange theory, right? So Julie and I now have been going for six months. I'm not saying I look forward to it, but I don't loathe it. I lo well, maybe I should say I loathe it a lot less than I used to now to the point where it's just become a natural part of my rhythm of the day. Some people say, well, it should take you exactly 37 days to form a new habit. Depends on what the habit is you're trying to form. Don't you think? I mean, prospecting is probably going to take consistently doing it for 90 days. Orange theory for Julie and I, it took six months, right? Like, so don't get some of the, a lot of you guys are looking for excuses to fail. So when you say, you know, there's books out there. This, this study has said that it'll take, you know, 27 days to form a new habit. Oh, well, 27 day rolls around. You're still not feeling the habit. You're going to stop. You're going to quit and decide it wasn't for you. Why? How does that even make sense? Doesn't, does it? So guys, listen, stay drilled down on this stuff. If there's one thing in real estate, and I always tell new coaching clients this, there's really only one thing in real estate you need to get good at because everything else you can delegate. And that's generating new business, i.e. prospecting, and uh, listing presentations. So that's two. But if you can get good at those two things, you can suck at everything else. Really, you can be the most disorganized putts that can't even string a sentence together. You can't write your descriptions. You don't know how to pound a real estate sign. You've never anything, nothing other than knowing how to pick up the phone and convert business and going out and getting that business. You can literally delegate every single other aspect of the business and make just millions of dollars in every market. So I want you to remember that. You don't need to get good at a bunch of stuff. You don't need to get good at your systems. You don't even need to get good at your CRM. You don't need to get good at anything else other than knowing how to prospect and lead generate and knowing how to essentially get those folks to list their houses with you. Are you following me here? You can, most markets for $15 an hour, you can hire folks to do virtually everything else for you. Just learn how to do this and convert those folks to sellers, to listings for you, and you will have no worries. So Julie, what's the next point? Well, but Tim, can't I also hire somebody to prospect for me? 
You know, I have only I've only seen one person and uh, do that consistently successful. And it was our friend Chris Heller. And I'm going to pat ourselves on the back that some of his pros- some of his head prospectors were now these people don't work with him anymore, I, I believe, but were uh, trained by us. And um, they were essentially and he was but why did it work? Because Chris is a good leader, number one. Number two, because he was willing to hold them accountable to actually prospecting and actually doing their own lead generation, actually doing what they didn't want to do and they didn't want to do at the highest level. And Chris, as I said, is a good leader and he led by example. So that's the reason that it worked there, but it didn't, I mean, you know, it, I believe he's, those folks don't work for him anymore. It is highly unusual. And I'll tell you that, but here's the reason also, uh, Chris knew how to prospect himself. So Chris himself was the killer over the phone guy. And most of you who are thinking, well, I'll just delegate my prospecting. I'll hire some Filipinos or some, you know, ISAs or whatever. Whatever you guys think is going to get you off the hot seat of having to master this skill, it never works. It doesn't. You might get the occasional uh, lead from uh, somebody prospecting for you, but for the most part, it's incredibly inefficient. And you're still then ultimately going to be dependent on other people to do your fishing for you. Look, I realize that a lot of you guys think it's noble to to delegate everything in your lives and give yourself permission to be lazy. I realize that there's a lot of books and modern sort of trendy, um, how would we call it, progressive business philosophies that tell you as an entrepreneur, your main mission in life is to essentially make it so that you don't do anything all day. I know that is something in real estate that a lot of you guys gravitate towards. But the problem with that is that even if you do put some sort of team together if you personally are not the master of all the things you're delegating, now look, do you need to be a uh, master of knowing how to close transactions? No. Do you need to be the master of some of these other things? No. But you do need to be the master of lead generation, of pre-qualifying, of presenting, of negotiating, and of closing. If you're not the master of those five things, then you're never going to get any efficiency out of other people that are working with you because you don't know how to hold them accountable because you personally don't know how to do it. Ultimately, if you want to run an incredibly profitable real estate business, you don't need a team. Matter of fact, some of these teams now, the big movement, oh, it's on Inman, right? Oh, all these teams now are becoming brokerages. No shit. They always have been brokerages, haven't they? They're essentially the same. You know, if you look at the profitability of the team, yeah, if you look at the profitability of the teams versus the brokerages, they're virtually the same. So what's the difference? I don't really understand why that's such a big, who cares? What difference does it make? The most profitable folks in the real estate business are listing agents. And they're people you probably don't hear about. They just keep their heads down, do their work. And they'll usually typically have, you know, depending on the market, they can have dozens of listings, sometimes hundreds of listings. There's a great, great agents out there. If you guys are in Philadelphia, there's a guy named Alan Dom who nobody ever talks about anymore. But he's probably in my, I think, honestly, he's probably one of the most influential, true business leaders in the real estate industry that our industry has ever had. And how did Alan run his business? He basically prospected. That's what he did. He called every single day. And I won't get into the details of his system, but that was, he was a calling machine. And he had people that, he, this was before auto dialers, so he had people dialing the phone for him. As soon as they'd make a connect, they'd say, please hold for a call with Alan Dom. And he called the FISBOs, the expired. Now, what was he calling into? He called into a very tight geographic farm, real, originally some uh, high rises in Philadelphia. And he got to be so successful. He expanded his market slowly, included more high rises. He got to be so successful, guys. He stopped putting his listings in the MLS. If you wanted to show a, a listing 
that was Alan's listing in one of what Alan referred to as Alan's buildings, right? You had to call Alan himself to get access to that property. They weren't in the MLS. That's how much power he was able to accumulate. It's happening in other markets too. I look at our friends in LA and New York and Miami and virtually all over the country. You guys are not putting your stuff in the MLS now because you're able to command enough dominance in the marketplace that you don't have to co-op because you know you can sell it yourself. That's how the industry is really changing. That's the significance of the oversaturation of the buyer's agents. The listing agents are saying, screw this. Why should we have to... Why should we put our stuff in the MLS? Why should we allow Zillow to make money from us? Why should we allow Realtor.com to make money from us? We know that more exposure doesn't increase the sellability and the net profit to a seller. There's no, that's a, just a bullshit story. It's not true. So why should I bother basically allowing other people to make money from the labors, from my labors? Because somehow it's not the best thing for the seller. Well, that's not true. So, I mean, the whole thing is convoluted, guys. That's the reason that the best agents in the country, and you can hear them when we interview them on our, super, on our superstar interviews, they don't have big teams. It's them and typically two, maybe three other folks that are working for them, and that's it. They don't talk a lot about buyer's agents. They don't talk about a lot about buyer sides. They don't buy buyer leads. They don't do a lot of Mickey Mouse. They focus all their best efforts every single day on lead generation. Now, they will do some paid lead generation, but the core of their business, the main spokes, always prospecting. There are no exceptions that I'm aware of. And these are guys that are running 50, 60, 75% margins. They make a million dollars. They themselves, after paying overhead, keep at least you know, $600,000, $750,000. That's not the norm anymore. Most brokerages make 3% before expenses. Most uh, teams, and this isn't my statistics, these are from other people, make around 10 to 12% and falling before expenses. So you know, if you're going to really, truly want to build a profitable real estate practice, doesn't it make sense to copy the people that have already done it? I think it does. Prospecting, guys. It does suck, but do it anyway. Next point, Julie. Yes, you got it. So point number two, it is your job to make the prospect remember you. It's your job to follow up, not theirs. Erase from your speech, quote, they'll call me when they're ready. Replace your drip system with an actual communication that's right. We know you drip them and wait for them to call. That, you know, it's so funny thinking back before all of this elaborate passive communication was going on. It was pretty nice back when they had to actually call you and you had to follow up. But now it's all convoluted and it's easy to believe that they're going to call when they're ready. Well, guess what they do when they're ready? They go to an open house and buy through the open house agent. They go to a new build and buy through the model person that's sitting there. Here's the point. People's motivation changes. If you're not top of mind, they will go with somebody else. It's not the, the prospect's job to call you. It's your job to follow up with them. So remember, drip systems are not enough. You have to have actual communication. And that's a quote from Patricia Fripp. She, she said, it's not your customer's job to remember you. It's your obligation and responsibility to make sure they don't have the chance to forget you. Different mindset, isn't it? Point number three. Prospect even when you're busy, especially when you're busy. Superstars are relentless, unstoppable prospectors. This is a quote from Jeb Blount from Fanatical Prospecting. Superstars are relentless, unstoppable prospectors, not dabblers. They are obsessive about keeping their pipeline full of qualified prospects. They prospect anywhere and anytime, constantly turning over rocks looking for the next opportunity. They prospect day and night, unstoppable and always on, fanatical. 
also a different mindset than most agents, I think. Wouldn't you agree with that, Tim? Totally. But really, guys, but at Adam, the end of the day, what are what are the things that you really need to do well every single day? Like the things that if you could just write on a piece of paper, the things in your life that are going to get get you the biggest bang for your buck. And let's just focus. Let's not think about the physical or anything else. Let's just focus on purely in your business. If you could do maybe two or three things incredibly well every single day, what would they be? I know what they'd be. You generate a listing, you take a listing, and you negotiate a contract. If you can do those three, hell, if you can do one of those three things every day, you're having a great year, aren't you? So why don't you just focus all your best energies on that? That's what you want more than anything else. Stop looking for all these shortcuts. Stop looking for all these easy buttons. Stop, a lot, stop convincing yourself that working in your brand or your website or your CRM or any of these other sort of you know, working in your business type things, stop convincing yourself that those things are going to be the things that are going to make you successful. They're not. I'm going to say it again. Lead generate. Take, you know, take, set a listing appointment from lead generation. Take a listing or you know, negotiating a contract and putting something in contract. Those are the three primary activities you should be focusing all your best efforts on every single day. What are the things that get you off track? Why do you allow yourself to get off track? I think I know, because the other stuff is easier, because the other stuff doesn't require that you learn something new that might result in rejection, because the other stuff doesn't require that you work through some of your head junk about the idea that you're a salesperson, because the other stuff makes it so that you can just be like everybody else you can go to conferences just like everybody else. You can jump around just like everybody else. You could tell, you could say, I'm working on my mindset just like everybody else. I'm working on basically my big why just like everybody else. You guys get it? All that stuff is just Mickey Mouse. It's not really truly what it takes for you to be successful. So here's the thing about what Julie and I, what we preach basically, is that it's intuitive. You know what we're saying is true. There's nothing that we're ever going to say to you guys where it's going to be like, I don't agree. Now, you might not want to do it, but you can't say what we're saying isn't true because it is, and you know it. Even if you've never done it before, you still know it's true, don't you? Isn't that interesting? So if you intuitively know what we're saying is true, why don't you just do it? Why not? Why not? What the hell? What do you have to lose? I mean, guys, listen, we're halfway through March. That means at the end of this month, we're going to be through first quarter of 2018. How's your year going so far? It's not the weather though the weather did suck for a lot of country for February, definitely. It's not the interest rates. Interest rates are still great. Not the president, not the economy, not the this, the other thing. If you're not having already the best year of your life, it's your fault. You got to do something about it. What you're doing isn't working. And if you're going to turn it around, you have to turn it around. Don't wait for some guru to come to town and motivate you. Don't wait to go to some conference. Don't wait to buy some silver bullet. Don't wait to drink some secret sauce. Don't wait at all. Waiting is not working for you. You got to decide to take some action. You got to do some things that you don't want to do. So what are the, like, let's go back to the three ideas. Like, what are the three things that you're resisting the most in your business? What are those three things? You know what they are. You don't want to prospect because it sucks. I get it. You don't want to pick up the phone. You don't want to have to learn scripts. You don't want to have to learn an organized approach through a presentation. You don't want to actually have to put yourself in a position where you have to learn to be a master salesperson, the best version of a salesperson you can be helping folks buy or sell real estate. You don't want to have to do what you don't want to do and you don't want to do at the highest level. I understand. I didn't want to do any of those things either. Hell, I still don't. But the difference is, is that I know the accumulation of doing what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level pays off. Pays off more than you possibly can imagine because the longer you stick with it, the better you get at it, the less competition you have. That's what's really cool. You're going to find yourself in a listing presentation 90 days from now 
because you decide to drill down, because you decide to get really good at this. And it's just going to be easy. You're going to literally find yourself, see yourself saying things. You're going to hear these words coming out of your mouth. They're like, damn, that was good. <laughs> you know? You're going to hear yourself on the phone. You're going to go like, who the hell just said that? Because it was so effective. That's when you start getting good. I want you guys all to experience that because that's when things start getting easy. That's when you start feeling like not just you're so motivated to go having real estate conversations. You will go intentionally put yourself in harm's way where you can possibly be rejected because you know what? That line at Starbucks where people were talking about real estate and you heard them say some wrong information and you would just ignore it. You go delete, delete, delete. I'm not going to listen to that. I'm going to like, act like I didn't hear it. You're going to say, you know what, maybe I can help you with that. I heard you just say something. I didn't mean to eavesdrop, but anytime I hear anything about real estate, my ears just perk up. That um, property you guys were just referring to, actually, it isn't for, it is, uh, for sale. Here it is on my iPhone. Or it did just go on the contract, and this is what it sold for. Or it hasn't sold yet, and this is those types of things. And then you're having a real estate conversation. You're confident about what you're going to say because you've earned the right to be confident. You know what's going to come out of your mouth 90% of the time is going to be really brilliant and effective. And you don't have to feel like you're bullshitting because you've earned the right to be effective. You've earned the right to be confident because you stuck through it. You stuck to it. That's where you guys have your breakthrough. I want you to experience that. You're not going to have your breakthrough by going to a conference, I promise you. You're not going to have your breakthrough by walking on coals. You're not going to have your breakthrough when you get your logo done. You're going to have your breakthrough when you finally buckle down and decide to do what you don't want to do at the highest level consistently. And guys, on the other side of that is the freedom that you all want. The freedom from, frankly, the first place you'll experience the freedom is freedom from financial worries because you'll no longer have to worry about not necessarily where your paycheck's coming from in 30 days, but where your paycheck's coming from next year. Because you'll have the confidence to know that you can create the business, you can create the money, and you're not dependent on somebody selling you a Zillow lead, or you're not dependent on some buyer's agent that might get the sniffles, or you're not dependent on anything else other than what's in your head, because you have become a true professional. That's what I want you guys to experience. You can't experience that unless you're willing to do the work, unless you're willing to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. So listen, guys, we are, uh, are offering free coaching calls. If you'd like a free coaching call, just go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com. It's our pleasure uh, to help you in any way we can. And when you request a free coaching call, you will get our free books, one of which I think, frankly, based on feedback over the years, is the best book um, that we offer aside from Harris Rules, obviously. And that book is The Real Estate Treasure Map. You get that one for free just by requesting a free coaching call at freecoachingcallsforagents.com. If you guys need us for anything, it's Tim at timandjulieharris.com or Julie at timandjulieharris.com. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.